We're starting a new sermon series this week called How We Fight. And we kind of talked last week about the splinter and the log, right? And how we can examine our own sin first. And I don't know how your week was after that, but I had multiple opportunities as I was talking to people about their life choices to remember my own. <laughs> and Chris was sick so and here by the other week, but I'm like, it's just killing me, you know? I'm sitting there, I want to lecture somebody, I'm like, oh, I got the same problems, I got different problems, and no, but I still try to encourage them and be honest and, you know, love people. Um, uh, it's been a wild week. And so I don't know if you've seen that kind of interaction when we're studying God's word, but that's how it always happens to me. The things you read and study in scripture are manifest in life around you and opportunities to learn and grow, right? And so uh, praise God, hopefully that's happening in your week. This series, How We Fight, is um, not really like um, uh, how we fight. We talked that last week in the message, which is kind of funny, I realized after the fact. But, but the mechanisms by which we fight and how we can get it wrong in life. And so it's going to follow that thread a little bit of log and splinter, a little bit of what Mike talked about, bringing God into the conversation of our daily lives. Um, but this idea of the tools that we have to fight evil in our life. And th those are words that get thrown out a lot, you know, these days, I feel like in the cultural conversations. But what we're going to find in the series is a surprising biblical perspective on cultural and relational conflict that we all are facing right now. And so we're going to do that. Um, this morning, we're going to lay the foundation of that from Ephesians 6, 11 through 12. And so if you have a Bible, I would encourage you to turn there. If you don't have a Bible, you can listen along or you can, your phone app would do it too. This, we should have a slide for that, Christopher, on, uh, just for the verse references we read it. Ephesians 6, 11 and 12. This is what the word says. Put on the full armor of God so that you may take your stand against the devil's schemes. Now 12, this is our focus verse for the series. Because our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Pray with me if you would. Father God, we thank you so much for this morning. We thank you for an opportunity to come before you in prayer and in worship because you are worthy to be worshiped, Father. You are good. We sang those words. We mean those words this morning. And Father, you are, um, you are leading us in these days. And so today, now, as we are in this room and watching online and maybe listening later, I pray that you would, you would be teaching us in our spirit, that you, your Holy Spirit, would teach us in our spirit that we could be transformed into your image and likeness, that we be changed because of your teaching. Only you can do that work, Father. As we open your word this morning, I pray that you would, um, it, it would inspire the words spoken, but more importantly, inspire the words heard, that those would shape our lives in some way, and that they would create a, a sense of assurance in you and a boldness to engage in these areas that must be engaged in our life that we have a tendency maybe to pull back from. So this morning, do that work as you will. We need you to do it. We cannot do it without you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we have this whole idea of, of, of uh, a spiritual fight, right? And I put boxing gloves up here. But the funny thing is, it's much more akin to uh, wrestling, you know, now I didn't bring my judo gi this morning because it's old, it's a yellow belt, and it's embarrassing. If you don't know that, that yellow is like one off of white, I think, <laughs> if I remember correctly. I, I did a semester of judo because it was required. You had to have a physical education, and I'm like, okay, I'll do judo. And, uh, but judo is interesting because judo, actually, your gi, that's the clothes you wear, that little kind of karate kid outfit, is part of how you fight. You actually, in judo, you start by holding your opponent. 
and you put your legs like this, and then the guy makes sure everyone's, you know, tense and you're staring at each other, and then he's like, yeah, you know, and then you fight. Um, and it's all about feeling that resistance. Uh, Paul, writing to the church, he says, um, our, our fight, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against flesh and blood. And this is going to be the first point this morning. And this is one thing that I get wrong all the time. I mean, I did it this week, right? Is our fight is not against people. It's not against people. And as much as you square up, you know, and you, you feel it, the, the way we wrestle is um, spiritually discerned, right? And so he's like, when you wrestle, when you're fighting in life, when you're pushing and pulling, and I'll give you an example of this, when you're pushing and pulling, you're not fighting a person. That's not where our struggle's at. The word struggle is apale, and it means to, uh, to wrestle with someone, to give and to take, to sense someone's power. Here, listen to me. To sense someone's weakness, to sense your own power and weakness, to understand who you are better. One of the problems, and the reason I didn't advance in my belts is because I didn't want to compete in judo. And you can't advance your belt unless you compete. And I didn't want to compete because I didn't care if I won or lost in judo. I just thought it was fun to do. You know, you could do cool throw things and flip your body around and toss people. I mean, it was fun, but I didn't want to go and have somebody say, you know, point, 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 oh, you know, whatever. And so I never wanted, and my, my sensei goes, you're never going to advance your belt if you don't compete. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm a yellow belt forever. Because <laughs> I really, what, but what is it? Why is it helpful that I would engage someone in something where I could lose? Because I would know. I would know my own situation. I'll tell you a story about this week. This happened. I was helping out a friend of mine. And, um, and by the way, God is, I believe God is sovereign over everything, right? <laughs> like everything. Like Mike said this morning, the rain, that crazy storm last night. Did you feel the earth shake? Wow, that was, that was radical. God's in charge of everything, and this week I was helping a friend out, and the friend had, had some of his stuff mixed with some of my stuff, and we were moving his stuff out of something that was mine, and there was, and this is embarrassing, but there was a shovel. It was a, we were looking for it for vacation, couldn't find it, and didn't know where it was at, whatever. Remember bringing the shovel? Found the shovel. And get this, this dude, I, I go, oh, this is yours? And he goes, yeah, someone else gave it to me. Another friend gave it to me, and it looked like my shovel. It looked like my shovel. And I'm looking like, well, it's a little different, you know. And, and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And so we, we load it up and we go and we unload the stuff where we go. And I go, so this is yours, you know, because I've been missing one and your stuff was in my stuff, you know. And he's like, no, no, some dude gave it to me. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to let you have it because, you know, I can buy another one because I'm pretty sure that's my shovel, uh, dude. But okay. So that's really what happened. I'm packing for the trip last night in my house. Going through my eyes, and there's my shovel. Oh no. Oh no. My friend, he knew. I was looking that look in the eye. Are you sure? Are you sure, dude? Because you know, we're not, we're having some trust issues. Are you sure that's yours? He was absolutely being honest. I was wrong. And I could have made that very personal, right? I mean, I still kind of did, but not super. I wouldn't like, you stole it, you know? Uh, and uh, as a matter of fact, at one point in the conversation, he goes, you can have it if you want it, man, if you lost yours. <laughs> How bad is that now, knowing that it wasn't mine at all? Like, I'm like, here's two shovels, dude. I don't know. Because we so quickly make it a personal thing. I was driving in the car yesterday. And some, somebody was driving along, and I made a, I like to make some aggressive moves in traffic. Listen, not just me. I applaud other people. I'm like, nice move, you know, when you see it. The whole, like, three-lane move. Yeah, that's, that's nice. He didn't like it. 
And so we rolled our windows down on the road and had a conversation about it across Chris. She did not like this. And I wasn't being mean. I was like, are you having a bad day? Because he thought this was unacceptable. And uh, I thought it was fine. No one's really in danger. But it could, and it was, because he said, you're about to have a bad day. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> okay. Chris goes, why do you do that? People are crazy, you know. I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm one of them. Because we make it about, it gets so personal. That was a complete stranger. And within three minutes, we were ready to go, baby. Paul says this, the fight, the struggle is not against blood and flesh. It's not against Hemea. And that means, listen to me, it's not against shed blood. That's not what we're fighting against here. And I think it's interesting that the word for blood there is shed blood, because it doesn't mean just like, it's not against, you know, we always think it's not against flesh and blood, like it's a one thing, you know, your body's flesh and blood. But it's not about wanting to kill somebody else. I, I heard someone, not me, talking this week, and they said, you know, at my age, I could, I'd like to kill a few people. <laughs> it's, it's only my friends that keep me from doing it, you know? And it's like, there's that monster we talked last week. If you don't locate the potential for evil inside of yourself, you're probably a danger. If you think everyone's evil but you, that's a dangerous place because there's that tendency to want to shed blood. What was the first murder in the Bible? It was a brother killing a brother because of how they offered sacrifice. And Paul says, no, our battle's not against shedding blood. That's not what God is doing here. He also says it's not against flesh. And that's our body. Listen, it's our human nature. It's the things that we desire not always bad things, but often bad things. He says our, our, our struggle isn't against our flesh or other flesh or, or blood. So what's that mean then, practically? It means that when we struggle in life, whenever I have that bad moment in traffic, whenever I have that accusation of a friend for stealing from me when he wasn't stealing from me, whenever I have that tendency to be too self-critical or, or, you know, get all, it's about what I can do and what's going on here right now, what I can see and understand, it means that the struggle is not against others. This will, here's something. In your marriage, the struggle is not against your spouse. If you're a parent, it's not against your kids. You're like, I'm going to kill these kids, you know? Why? That's not where the struggle really is, Paul says. It's not, if you're a kid, against your parents. Oh, I can't stand my parents. They drive me crazy. That's not where your struggle is. Our struggle is not against our neighbors. It's not against our coworkers. It's not against our boss. It's not against our employees. Our struggle, struggle is not against our enemies. Let that sink in. The people that want to kill you aren't your problem. And lastly, the struggle isn't even against ourselves, who we are. We're going to talk about that later, who we actually were made to be. So what, how does this apply then? We have a tendency to act. We, we, life is hard and things are happening and we are fighting. We have a tendency because there's this kind of nebulous, and we're talk about what that nebulous stuff is in a minute. There's this nebulous fight going on. We have a tendency to locate it in the nearest person. This is actually why you have a tendency to go home and be the worst to your own family. <laughs> this is how, why you have a tendency to be the worst as a kid to your own parent. I, I, how many people have had experience where someone goes, oh, your kids, they're great. And you're like, my kids? <laughs> right? Or, or um, someone like, you're, you guys are so cute. You never fight. And you're like, us? <laughs> 
Because you see it, right? It's the people that are closest to you, the people that you really get to know, see, and you locate all those struggles in the people. If you're not careful, you think it is against flesh and blood. If only I could have a better fill in the blank, then I wouldn't have these problems. If only so-and-so would do such and such, then I wouldn't have these problems anymore. And that's not where our fight is. Here's a question this morning. What is your biggest problem and struggle right now? And how do you have a tendency to try to fight it? Is it with people? Do you locate your problems in people? The people around you? Maybe even in yourself? There's one verse here. Paul says, 12, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. But, and now he's going to say where it is. Our struggle is against the rulers, the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces in heavenly realms. I want to unpack all those things as best I can this morning. Our struggle is against, and by the way, that word, if you read the NIV, it says our struggle is not against, but our struggle is against. Um, well, it doesn't say it, yeah, it's, in, it's implied from the first struggle. Struggles I mentioned once where it's not located, but then it is located in these other areas. So. It's implied that the struggle is against what? Rulers, authorities, cosmic powers of this darkness, present darkness, spiritual evil, and heavenly realms. Against is said four times, which is always helpful to understand in the Bible if you see it. He could have just said it's against these four things. No, he's like, it's against this, it's against this, it's against this. And so we're going to enumerate all four of those things. The first is our struggle is against rulers, against first things. You can say it this way. Our struggle is against original problems. Listen, problems that existed before you were born is part of what you struggle with. Things that you just inherited, that you were born into, not the least of which, by the way, is original sin. That mankind has fundamentally fallen from God and left our own devices would never return to him. That's a biblical doctrine you may or may not believe, but that's one of the first things that we all struggle with. The struggle has been there from the beginning of our life and even the beginning of time, the beginning of the story. That means that we have a lot of old problems and old opportunities and sometimes old needs to contend with. So there's a struggle against the very first things. It says rulers, but it's those things that have predominance. It's arcus. It's like the first thing, right? Secondly, then, our struggle is against things, beings, or situations that would seek to exercise authority over us. And listen, and this is a little wild because we're American citizens. So I'm going to confess, it's really hard to see ourselves in any other way, you know? Like I told the story before, but the first time I understood what it meant to be an American was when I went to Costa Rica. And two things that stood up in Costa Rica, first of all, was that it wasn't that scary at all. And people had been trying to terrify me not to go like, oh, you know, Costa Rica, man. Oh, you know, we went to Guatemala. It's like, oh, the State Department says don't travel to Guatemala. You know, drug lords everywhere. And they're submarining around things and killing people. And, and then, you know, um, Honduras. Honduras, the most violent, you know, Sao Paulo is the most violent city in the world, you know. And uh, it's not as bad as you think. Uh, but then the other part of it is that... Uh, when I went to Costa Rica, it was a Roman Catholic government. I was like, what? Yeah, the, the Roman Catholic Church takes money and gives it to the state. It's a Roman Catholic, it was, I don't know if it still is, but it was. And I literally, my brain melted. I'm like, wait, you have a, you have a, a, a religion 
that's forced on the whole nation. Yeah, if you want to be a Protestant, you've got to go Wednesday or Thursday because everyone has to go to Mass on Sunday. And not because it's the local, you know, it's because it's impo- you're supposed to go. Or you talk to someone from China. I talked to somebody from Russia who was raised with no faith. And when she was talking to me, she said, I want what you have. I go, what? She goes, to believe in that. Because I was always told you can't believe in anything like that except the government. It was, you know, USSR before it all dissolved. Those who would seek to exercise authority over us, why would I say all that? Because it's those who seek it to exercise authority over us as free individuals. I'm going to lay out a real quick biblical concept here. God is in the Garden of Eden. I mentioned the fall being the first problem. He's in the Garden of Eden. He makes everything, and he says, but don't eat from this tree, right? And, and you know the story, Adam and Eve are there, and they're like, well, it looks good. And then there's a tempter, and the tempter's like, hey, did he really say don't look at it or smell it or touch it or taste it? Which he didn't say, by the way. He said, don't eat it. You could smell it and look at it and whatever, touch it. I mean, just don't eat it. And um, you, you will not surely die. You will not surely die, Right? And there's a tension in Genesis of freedom over control. People don't like it. God gave people a choice. And I've had people say to me, like, why did God give, them a choi- give us a choice at all? Why not just make us not eat from the tree? Because what is that? We are fundamentally free people. Even in places where people aren't free, they're, they're free in some way. They sense that. And one of the greatest things that's happened in our time, to my estimation, is that there's an understanding that as an individual, listen to me, we hold these truths to be, to be self-evident, that all people were created by God with certain inalienable rights. That's a big thing to say, that God gave us the right to be, not a government. And so sometimes our struggle is against, and I'm going to say that, governments, those who would wield authority over us, but not just governments, the wealthy wielding that over us. Listen, we might be against, the fight might get against poverty, the poverty that claims to own us when it doesn't own us or define us. How much or little we make does not say who we are. The fight is against uh, demons and angels in this life, and indeed, The fight can even be against God himself. We struggle with God against the rulers, the authorities, and and God is making a claim on our lives that he made us and he knows us, and therefore we wrestle with God. Matter of fact, I don't know if you know it, but Jacob is crossing the river, right? And all the stuff, there's people over there, and he comes back, and he meets an angel, a messenger from God, and he wrestles all night. You know the story, right? I don't know if you know that, but J- Jacob, in the middle of the wrestling, he's like the angel, which is God incarnate in some way. He's like, let go of me. And he goes, I'm not going to let go until you bless me. And he goes, what is your name? And he's like, I'm Jacob, which Jacob was a cheater, a scoundrel, a liar, you know, whatever, deceiver. And he goes, you're not Jacob, but you're Israel. It's Israel. And you know what Israel means? Struggled with God wrestled with God. (laughs) Listen to me. That's why your fight is not against flesh and blood, man. Sometimes people are just in the way of what's really going on. And many of you in your lives have God by the gi and you're like, okay, God, we're going to have this out. And I say, good for you. Have it out. Jacob left that encounter with a hip, a limp, and a new name. He, He tore his socket fighting God. And the rest of his life, he walked like this but he knew his maker. 
Oof. Engage in the struggle. Our fight is against those who would seek to exercise authority. Now listen to me. And then when you know that God has authority over life, there's going to be other people who try to usurp that authority. They're going to say, well, yeah, be, be, be a Christian, but be an American first. Yeah, yeah, be a Christian, but be a Costa Rican first. I mean, you know, be, be, a, be a Christian, but be a husband first. Be a wife. You know what I'm saying? It's everything trying to assert authority over God's sovereign authority. So that's where Paul locates the struggle. That was the second one, in those places. The third, the struggles against cosmic powers. It's the rulers of this world. Interestingly enough, the word used here for cosmic powers is used one time in the Bible, and this is it. There's a struggle in this life, in this time, that is unique, and it's called the struggle of this current darkness. I told you a story about the the uh, shovel, right, with my friend, I couldn't see clearly, but I thought I could. I couldn't see the truth, but I thought I did, and it was just enough. Yeah, there's that, um, that uh, idea that we see through the veil darkly, dimly, right? Like, we kind of see. You know, we're going to do a mission trip this week. We're going to be at camp. You kind of see what's happening. You're going to go out in your life and work with coworkers. You kind of see what's going on in our life, but you don't really see what's going on in our life because there's rulers in this life of darkness that's veiled. It means to be uh, not revealed. The word actually, cosmos, is the fundamental word there. Cosmic is cosmos. means the world, the universe, or worldly affairs. And kreteo means to grab hold or lay hold of someone, to understand. And then the darkness is to obscure from view, shadiness, shady behavior, deception. And it might be your own. Listen, it might be my own deception that I'm fighting with the most. It's an outline. And then it's what Dale talked about, or Mike talked about, someone talked about at the men's night. It's a lack of light in our lives. It's a shadow cast because it's, you're in the darkness. We were having a men's steak night last month, and we talked about walking in the light as he is in the light. And um, Dale, I think it was, I don't blame Dale for it, made the point that it takes a very little light to drive darkness out. But you can still live in that shadow and not in the light. It's that deception. So in the middle of the fight, you know, you're like, you're like, like something's going on here, but I don't know what it is, but, but be aware enough that you're not seeing all of it. That's where our fight is against cosmic powers. And then the lastly, and you can almost feel the building of these four, right? Like the rulers and then the authorities who exercise the power and then the cosmos in this dark world, which is not a great idea of how life is. You know, it's not like woo, rainbows and everything else. Like it's tough here. But then the last one, he just pulls the curtain fully back. And again, spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. I got to be honest with you, church. I don't think we have a grasp. Maybe you do. I don't think I have a grasp of the fight that's happening over my heart, mind, and soul. I don't think we see it. You know, we, that's the problem, I think, with, sometimes we talk about, like, you know, kind of throw away Christianity or throw away faith or belief or whatever. It's like, you're like, oh, what's the big deal? You believe and go to church and then you go on with your life. No. Huh. No. Paul says there's a huge battle. It's... 
it's the uh, spiritual forces is pneuma at the soul or mind level. There's a fight, a spiritual fight of what? Wickedness. Wickedness means this. Iniquities. It means sin. Listen to me. It means pain-ridden evil. Not just evil that's evil and you go, oh, isn't that terrible? But evil that hurts us, evil that hurts others. And Paul's like, man, there's this huge fight going on, and there's a battle happening in the heavenly realms at the level of your soul and your mind. You ever felt that? You ever felt like, man, I, you know, I, I want to do good things I don't, you know, and like, I do the bad things I don't want to do. You feel that fight? That's what Paul says. There's a spiritual battle happening, a cosmic battle in the celestial places, the divine places. He calls it heavenly realms. Not Arano, heaven, but the heavenly realms. There's this huge fight happening. I don't know if you've ever looked at any old uh, classic art where they were trying to paint scripture because people were illiterate, and so the best way to communicate it would be to paint it. But they have those paintings where it's like there's God, and there's these like huge fight happening, and it kind of comes down, and there's like people doing all this evil stuff, and there's like usually a dude, maybe a lady, and, a, and it kind of locates, and then there's like these forces down here of darkness, and like that's a good imagery of what's happening. But you know what we see? I got this. I'll, I'll, I'll fix I'll it. Fix, you know, if Steve would just stop bugging me, my life would be great. No. No. I told you before, this is so funny, but marriage, marriage is hard. <laughs> Heads up. And um, uh, it's, it's not harder than any other relationship necessarily, but it's hard. And uh, dear, uh, I say a friend, no, mentor, no. My aunt said, every time I want to talk to God about my husband's problems, God says, let's talk about your problems instead. <laughs> I'm like, I, I feel that. Uh, because it's, it's, there's this huge battle happening, and we want to locate it in a person near us, and that's not where the battle is. See, Paul teaches that we have way bigger problems, and the problems we have are not other people. That's not where it's located. Now, why would I spend so long saying that? Because I think most of us believe it is. You know? I mean, pastors make the joke all the time. They say, church would be great if it weren't for the people. <laughs> yeah. That's not the problem. It's a spiritual fight. Powers of darkness. So our struggle is against, overall, I would say, the powers of darkness. Now, Paul didn't just preach this, but he practiced it. And so we're going to wrap up with two practical ways that Paul confessed and told us about the struggle and how that might kind of help us in our own struggle in our life. We're going to turn to Romans 7, 22 and 23. Romans 7, 22 and 23. You've heard this before, but I just want to share. So now thinking about the idea that Paul says to the church in Ephesus, the struggle is not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers, um, uh, rulers, spiritual forces of darkness in the heavenly realms, right? We're just fighting all these things. This is what it says. Uh, where am I at? I'm going to go 22. Because my inner being, because in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law, that's another rule, at work in the members of my body. He means his body itself. Waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner to the law of sin at work within my members. And so Paul says, I have this, you know, Paul's writing to the church and saying, man, the struggle's not against flesh and blood. But then he's like, look, I got, I, I love God in my mind. I know the answers. I know what the Bible says. I have all the experiences. But I find there's another thing happening that's fighting against me, a law at work in the members, the parts of my body that wage war against my mind, making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work with my members. So he's like, he's like it's a struggle even with me internally. 
I have this fight going on. I have this fight between what I want to do and what I do in my life. And uh, so that's one example how he does it practically. And here's the second one. This is going to be in 2 Corinthians 12, uh, 7 through 9, I think, if I got that right. Yeah, so 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 9, Paul writes. This is a different letter to a different church now. We've covered Romans, we've covered Ephesians. Here he's writing to the church in Corinth, and he says this. Um, to keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassing great revelations, and he's talking about all the things he's seen, the heavenly realms and the glory of God and everything else, which, by the way, I'm going to unpack in just a second how we can mistakenly think because we know God we won't struggle. That's crazy. It says here, because of the exceedingly great revelations, I was given, uh, to keep me from being conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh. Listen to this. A messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord, and he means like the commander, my boss, the one that controls everything, to take this thorn from me. Listen to the answer he got. But my Lord said to me, my grace is sufficient for you because my power is made perfect in weakness. And Paul goes on, therefore, because that's true, because I believe that, I will boast all the more gladly about my own weakness so that Christ's power might rest on me. So, so we have Paul now saying to the church, the fight's not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers and high, high, heavenly realms. And then he says, and there's this fight even in my mind and my body where my body is tending to sin and my mind doesn't want to sin. And it's, it's you know, and he, I, I love that. We didn't cover it, but he says, you know, who will rescue me from this body of sin? Oh, what a wretched man I am. And he says, but praise God for Jesus Christ, because that's the answer. But here he says, I want to point out a couple things here which might seem radical to you. Paul says, I had saw great things, and lest I become conceited, lest I lack humility, lest I start to think I'm better than all these other ordinary human beings, God gave me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. And I want to say, it says there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. It was given by God to Paul. Given by God to Paul. What? A messenger of Satan to torment Paul. So much so that he went and he pled with God three times, just make it stop. I don't want this ailment anymore. I don't want this affliction anymore. Just make it stop. And then this answer, my grace is sufficient for you because my power is made perfect in weakness. It's in that submission to God's authority over our life. It's in that realization that we are no better and that the fight is not here. Have you ever met a really graceful person? Like just super graceful. You're like, man, how do you not get angry? And they go, well, like I do, but you know, how do you not? And there's something in that wrestling that, that they're like, you know what? I am weak here. I did get that wrong. Gosh, I screwed that thing up with you. And that posture of humility is what God desires from his people. Paul was given a thorn in his flesh, a messenger of Satan, to keep him humble. 
And maybe, and, and I just want to say that as a way to end, because maybe you go like, well, if I believe in Jesus, then I don't have any more problems. No, your problems are there to shape you. They're there to cause you to go, now, wait a minute. I know what I tend to think, but God might be doing something else here, something that I need. Listen, something that I would get no other way. I've said it before. There's many things in our life that we would never choose to go through. And I'm not asking for it this morning, Lord. I want to be very clear. I ain't asking for no more problems. But when you go through them, they change you if you walk through it with Christ in your mind. Does that make sense? Lord, Paul says. He doesn't go, I'm going to pull out this flesh. I'm going to solve it. He's like, Lord, just take it from me. Take this from me. And he's asking, and the answer is, my grace is sufficient to what? Sustain you through this. Because my power is made perfect in weakness. You don't think that's true? What is the cross of Jesus Christ about? God's power to love sinners made weak in death that we could all live. It's the shedding of the blood to satisfy the blood lust of this world. That's what the cross was. He was fighting for our lives by giving himself to the whole world. We were... Uh, talking to somebody that went a similar mission trip that we're going to go on. Young person, first mission trip, super excited. You know, when you're young, you're excited about this is going to be awesome. And they went into the village and the people there cursed, spit on them. I remember I was talking to a friend of mine who lived in Jerusalem. They were in that, that one area that's like shared by all three faith. And they went into the wrong shop and the shop owner spit in her face because she wasn't of the same faith that he was of. And I'm like, no. She's like, yeah, spit right in my face. I'm like, what did you do? She's like, I just turned around and walked away. And it's like, I go, what could be more disgraceful? <sighs> Didn't have somebody spit in your face. You know what I'd do? <laughs> I'd square up. <laughs> We're gonna go, baby. You know what Jesus did? He hung on a cross. As a stupid human spit on him, mocked him. If you're so powerful, take yourself down. He says, my grace is sufficient for you. So Paul goes like this, man, I'm going to boast in Christ. Every time I get it wrong, I'm going to boast in Christ. Because his power is made perfect in my weakness, and I want his power on me. Where do we start this? So put on the whole armor of God. That's what Paul said in Ephesians 6.11. Put on the whole armor of God so you can take, what's the word say? Your stand against the devil's schemes, his plans. How do you fight in your life? Like, what's, you, what's your tendency? What do you go to, your default? What things do you struggle with that you think if you could just sort those things out, everything would be great? Do you find yourself wrestling with other people? Or do you find yourself wrestling with yourself? Or maybe God. God, you know what's going on here. Help me. Pray with me if you would. Father God, we thank you so much for 
the truth of your word and your Holy Spirit's teaching and the revelation that's given to Paul and then to others and then to us and then to our friends. We pray, Father, and we, you know, uh, we recognize two things at once, that we are not holy in ourselves, that, there's, that we need a redeemer, and that's Christ on the cross, and we boast and we fail as people, and we need all the more to proclaim the goodness of Jesus Christ. And so, Father, I pray that, that you would do that work in our lives. And I pray, Father, this morning that this, we've been fighting wrong. We've been fighting with the wrong things. We've been thinking that we'll just get this all ironed out. That, that in our hearts, in our minds, in our true selves, that we would recognize that we need you to be in the fight. That we need you to help us to take that stand. Lord, uh, we cannot do that alone, but we need you for it. And I pray, Father, that for those of us who know that already, like Paul, man, we, and we're still struggling with stuff, I pray that we would have the boldness to boast in our weakness, to not claim to be better than the people, to just repent in humility and to confess and to love anyway, and to be wrong and admit it when we're wrong, and, and then that that somehow would be glorifying to you because we're more like our Savior, Jesus, because we're more humble in this life. Lord, you have to do this work because left wrong devices, I'm convinced it would be way worse. And so we thank you for the work you're doing. We pray as you continue to do it that we would be submitting unto your authority. Help us to see rightly the things we fight with. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.